0: Now we want to be getting into our Old Testament passage together, and we are in 1 Samuel. So let's go through 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1, all the way through chapter 21, verse 15 together. It says, Then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? and he said to him far from it you shall not die behold my father does nothing either great or small without disclosing it to me and why should my father hide this from me it is not so but david vowed again saying your father knows well that i have found favor in your eyes and he thinks Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Talk about their friendship here. David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I shall not fail to sit at the table with the king. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field till the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me to run to Bethlehem his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the clan. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that harm is determined by him. Therefore, kindly deal with your servant, for you have brought your servant into covenant of the Lord with you, but if there is any guilt in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? And Jonathan said, "Far be it from you! I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you. Why would I not tell you if I if I knew this? Why would I keep it?" He saying, "I would tell you." Then David said to Jonathan, "Who will tell me if your father answers you roughly?" And Jonathan said, Come, let's go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow on the third day, behold, if he is well disposed to David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord... Do so to Jonathan, and more also if I do not disclose it to you and send you away that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. On the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself, when the matter was in hand, and remain behind the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at the mark. And behold, I will send the boy, saying, Go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on the side of you. Take them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger." But if I say to the youth, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. The king sat in his seat, and at other times on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat opposite, and Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Yet Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, Something has happened to him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to his to Jonathan his son, Why has not the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Then Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, for our clan holds a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away and see my brother. For this reason he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David, because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David and with him a little boy. He said to his boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. And the boy ran and shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrow and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said to him, Go and carry them out into the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David had rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. Then they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between you and me. And between my offspring and your offspring forever and he rose and departed and jonathan went out into the city then david came to nob to ahimelech the priest and halimelech came to meet david trembling and said to him why are you alone and no one with you and david said to halimelech the priest the king has charged me with a matter and said to me let no one know anything of the matter of which i send you with which i have charged you i have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place now then what do you have on hand give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here and the priest answered david i have no common bread on hand but there is holy bread if the young men have kept themselves from women And David answered the priest, Truly women have been kept from us as always when I go on an expedition. The vessel of a young men are holy, and even when it is an ordinary journey, how much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there, but the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there in the city that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg, the Edomite, the chief of Saul's herdsmen. Then David said to Halimelech, Then have you not a spear or a sword on hand? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take it, take that, for there is none but that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. And David rose and fled from that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David took these words to heart, and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and make marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Ashish said to his servants, Behold, you see, the man is mad. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen? That you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Should this fellow come in my house? You know, as David went through a very difficult time in his life, trying to learn who he was going to be, who was going to be with him, and running for his life, we see a lot of the Psalms come to pass. Him learning, hiding, writing, crying out to God. Someone like David truly understands the fear, the unknown, and all of these things. But one thing that David did understand is God was with him and that God loved him, that God had a plan for him. And that is something we can hold on to in our lives. Let's now open up our hearts and worship our Heavenly Father some more. Now for our New Testament passage, we're going to be opening up our Bibles to John chapter 11, verse 45, till 12, verse 11. It says, Many of the Jews, therefore, had come with Mary and had seen what he did and believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief of the priests of the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we going to do? For this man performs many signs. Forget how he's helped the people. Forget that he's done good. Forget that he's changing people's lives. But what are we going to do about him? He's becoming popular. What are we going to do about him? The people are going to like him more than they're going to like us. Wrong heart motivation. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation. Ah, the motivation. We're going to lose our power. We're going to lose our name and we're going to lose our money. Wrong motivation for things. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not only for the nation, but to gather into one of the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day, they made plans to put him to death. They made plans to protect themselves by killing Jesus. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but he went from there to the region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus, saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know, so they may arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made of pure nard and was anointing the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with fragrance of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, who was about to betray him, hadn't done it yet, but was close, said, Why is, was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. So again, you're touching my money, Jesus, just as it was for the Pharisees. So it was for Judas. You're touching my money. And the money became the motivation. Jesus said, leave her alone alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. When a large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Because of the account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Imagine the motivation of the heart of people that death was an option for people just because they were worried about someone touching their money, their power, their fame, and their name. Let's always be reminded That those things aren't a priority, that our priority is that we live right, that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we don't try to hold on to a name, that we don't try to hold on to a power or hold on or grab for the money, but that God, who will richly supply all that we need, will open the doors that need to be open and will bless us. Let's keep our relationship focused on the blessor, and having a relationship with him, on loving him, on desiring to have a relationship one-on-one with him in our life. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We pray, Lord God, that we apply it to our heart and our life, that our motivations in life be clear and right and pure. Father, if there's anything in our heart that is not right motivation, that's not rightly guided by you, we pray, Lord God, touch it. Remove it from our heart, Lord, as we want to focus things on you, on your plans, Lord God, on your way. Lord, we also pray and ask for our nation. Lord, we thank you so much that we are able to move forward and that we're seeing progress. Lord, we continue to pray that your hand of healing be upon our nation, that sickness and disease be far from our household. Lord, that you protect us, that the blessings of a tither shall be upon our homes, and Lord, we also come to you and we lift up to you, Lord, your land. We lift up to you the people of Israel. We lift up to you the nation of Israel. Lord God, Lord. Your word says that we should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, in this season right now, we come and we pray for this land. We pray, Lord God, for there to be peace. We pray, Lord God, for your people to be safe and secure in their own land, Lord God. We pray for the fighting to stop. And we pray, Lord, that you will intervene and take care of and love your people, that your children will feel, Lord God, your presence. Lord, we continue to pray for the safety of your land, and we worship you for what you will do. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much, COP, for being with me this morning for daily devotions. We're in GCQ, and we so look forward to seeing